Are you ready to open the door to more romance, fun, and adventure? Or maybe it's compassion, support, and strength you're looking for. Discover real-life stories and a path to overcome the pitfalls every marriage encounters. Welcome to The Extraordinary Marriage. Hello, and welcome to The Extraordinary Marriage. Today, we're going to be looking at three ways that you can cultivate unity in your marriage. Isn't that what everybody wants? Well, just last weekend, I was at a women's business function. It was BWFC, which is Business Women Fayette Coweta. And it was an all-day conference that we were having. We ate lunch together. We heard different speakers. And I always love that kind of thing because it gives me ideas. I'm inspired by it. I'm inspired by uh, other people's success. Well, one of the ladies, she was a couple of tables down for me, and she was a sparkler. I mean, I think she had no fear. She was excited about everything. Well, we did a drawing. And guess who won that first drawing? It was a book. It was one of the John Maxwell books. Well, she said, after she won, she said, you know what I did? I said, me, 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 me. And so I thought, hmm. So in other words, she was saying me, 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 me. And she was believing that she was going to win. And guess what? She did win. Well, they went on about and they were, you know, they called out a few other names. And I was thinking, oh, I already have that book and I've read it. Like it's full of marks that I've made in it by all the useful materials in it. It was a John Maxwell uh, communicating book. And so I thought, well, I don't need that one. And so I just listened as everyone, you know, kept winning and winning. There was this little spinning of the wheel that was going on. All right. So all the names were on there. So after a second, I asked one of the girls beside me at my table. and I said, you know, like, are they still giving away books? And she goes, oh, no, they're giving away flowers, the flowers that are on the table. And I thought, oh. I would like to have those flowers. And so I didn't say it out loud because I wouldn't want anybody really to know that I was doing that. But all of a sudden I sat there and I thought, well, I'd like to have those flowers. Me, 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 me. <laughs> and guess what? They called my name. They called my name. What kind of power does belief have? I mean, what kind of power do we have, do you have, if you believe in something? I know for one thing, if I believe in something, it gives me passion. It gives me ideas. It gives me uh, ways to move forward. Uh, if I believe in something, you know, I am there to try to make it happen. And why do I tell you that today? Is because sometimes challenges have happened in our marriage or we're in a bad mood. I don't know about you, but, you know, sometimes I get those moods where I just feel like nothing can go right. And then another time I'm on the top of the world. You know, they say that that person who uh, goes high, there's a long ways to fall, right? So sometimes we believe in things and sometimes we just lose our belief. Maybe things have been hard. You know, when it comes to relationships, sometimes people aren't open and they don't share and you feel like you're closed out. Sometimes we don't speak out and tell our spouse what we really need from them. You know, you can do that whenever you share with someone and you do it with the right tone of voice and the right attitude you know, you can share. And what do we have to lose? If we don't share, then they never know 
what we really needed or what was really important to us. But I do realize that sometimes there are people that just won't listen. And there's a lot of different reasons for that. Sometimes it's their personality. Uh, Sometimes it's hardships they've experienced as a kid or a young person or maybe in a past marriage. There's all different reasons why people are unforgiving or won't listen. Or how about tempers? Sometimes we have to deal with tempers and those tempers are a real thing and you find yourself tippy-toeing around. So there's all different kind of things that, you know, cause us to lose our hope, lose our belief and to start to believe that, you know, I'm stuck here. We're never going to move on. We're never going to move on. Or you might be a person who everything's cool in your marriage. You're just looking for a little something more. Well, that's what I've got for you today. Because when you're cultivating unity in your marriage, number one, you have to want it. You have to believe you can get it. And then you have to take action in getting that. You have to have a clear vision. You have to have a destination. You have to know where you want to go. One thing is like a flight plan. A flight plan. Think about an airplane that's headed on vacation, taking a whole bunch of excited people on vacation, and it doesn't have a flight plan. Well, they're never going to get there, are they? And it's the same kind of thing when we're married. We want to have a clear vision of where we want to go. And sometimes that means we have to, you know, talk about it, dream about it together because it can't be his vision of what he wants for life and her vision for what she wants in life, they need to talk about it. And some people are super outgoing and some people are kind of quiet and they go along with the crowd. And sometimes we go along with things that we really don't want to do. So it's important to, to have a vision. If you want to cultivate unity, you have to stop and talk about what you want got to have a compass that's showing you what the direction is, you know, to get there. And sometimes we have to stop in that conversation and we have to talk about where we each come from because, you know, his family, her family, they come from different places. Even when you think that you're coming from the same place because you think your families are alike, No two families are just alike. And so you have to identify where you're coming from. There might've been challenges, like I said, in childhood or, you know, in youth or when you're a teenager or you might've been married before and you don't want to repeat those same kind of things again. So you have to identify what didn't work before or what's not working now and identify where you want to go. You know, there is a story about a Chinese bamboo tree. And when you plant the seed for that bamboo tree, it looks like it's doing nothing for four whole years. Can you imagine planting a seed and it going nowhere for four years? You see this tiny little sprig and you're thinking, well, I'm going to, I might as well throw this in the trash because it's doing nothing. It, I mean, I water it and I do all these different things and I can't get it to grow for whole years, a tiny shoot. 
But guess what? While you're seeing that tiny little shoot grow on top of the dirt, underneath those roots are growing down and they're growing wide. They're getting bigger and bigger and they're spreading out. But you cannot see because they're under the dirt. They're kind of like that foundation that's being spread and it's getting better and better, but you can't see it. Well, four years, tiny shoot, giant roots under the dirt. And guess what? On the fifth year, yes, the fifth year, that's a long time. That Chinese bamboo tree grows eight feet. That Chinese bamboo tree grows eight feet in just five years. Now, does that give you any hope? Sometimes when we're taking action and we're believing uh, in what we want, uh, we can't see it happening. We can only see the troubles and the challenges. And too often, that's what we get focused on. Let me ask you, does it do you any good to stay focused on what you don't like? I really believe that when we focus on something, if we focus on good things, what we want more of, then we get more of those. And when we focus on what we don't want, which is really what happens when we're irritated or tired or stressed, we focus on everything that bothers us. We just keep getting more of it because guess what? That's what we're giving attention to. Well, my family, I have three grown kids. Everybody's married. Everybody, you know, married uh, the love of their life in their youth. And what I realized once they got married was that all families are not alike. We don't have the same habits. We don't have the same expectations. They're just simply different. And it takes a while to figure it out. Well, um, all three of my kids are married and they have kids. Now, one of my kids is remarried. And no, I never thought that would happen, that my one of my kids would, uh, their marriage would not work out. But you know, it's painful when that happens. But you have to figure out what went wrong and then rethink what do you want for the future. You have to move on. You don't want to stay stuck in the past. So just as a little side note, I always have to share this because uh my younger son, as he got remarried, and I'm not going to tell that whole story, but he got remarried. Actually, I'll tell a little bit. He actually started dating somebody on eHarmony in another state. He had four children, four girls, um, which he had, uh, yeah, which he had custody of, four girls. And guess what? That lady that he started uh, dating on eHarmony, she was in South Carolina and she had four kids. Oh my gosh, that equals eight kids. And guess what they did? They got married. They've been married a couple years now and they wanted to have one child of their own, you know, right down the middle line, mine plus yours and bring them together in the middle, right? They had, and so they have a one-year-old and so they now have nine children. And I can't help but think about, oh my gosh, when they start to drive, when they start to date, when they start getting married, because guess what? It's eight girls and one boy, but kind of like the Brady Bunch from the seventies, they have come together to make one beautiful family. So sometimes challenges happen, stuff happens in life 
It's not what happens to you. It's what you do with it. It's how you move forward. So I hope that's speaking to somebody today as I share that. So everything doesn't go perfect and we have to figure it out and move forward. Well, let me give you three things today. And these are actually something uh, JC from No Problem Parenting said to me. She said they have three things that they focus on when they're thinking about children. And I thought, these are three great things to focus on today. When they're thinking about kids, and she's uh, uh, teaching programs on children and how to uh, parent your kids, she talks about the importance of being respectful. Think about children being respectful to parents. Yes. Children being responsible and children being fun to be with. Well, I don't know about you, but usually when you have one child, it's kind of easy. You might think it's hard if you just have one, but when you add two or three or four or five or nine, like my younger son has, then, you know, kids start like irritating each other and not getting along. So just think if all children were respectful, responsible, and fun to be with. I like that one. Because when they are respectful and responsible, then they are fun to be with, right? Well, the same thing goes for us in our relationship. Our number one relationship, our marriage, because it is a trickle down effect. When parents get along and they're respectful, they're responsible, and they're fun to be with, then it trickles down into the kids. I, I, I have always thought that, you know, there's kids who are bullies and, you know, they're bad mouth and other kids just doing things to be mean. And why? Because it makes them feel powerful. Well, most of the time when a kid is a bully, somebody else is bullying them, whether it's their parent that is bullying them or a big brother or a big sister that's bullying them. Usually people who are bullied, they pass it along to somebody else, but let's shift gears and let's go back to that respectful or yeah, respectful. All right. So in marriage, what makes marriage respectful? I mean, what makes you feel respected instead of talking about what makes us feel disrespected? All right. So respectful in marriage means being a great listener, being a great listener, My husband is an awesome listener, and for that, I am very thankful because I am a talker, and it's important for me to be heard. When somebody's listening to you, it makes you feel important, and that means that if they're not listening to you, it makes you feel unimportant, and sometimes it's not that they're meaning to make you feel unimportant. They're just thinking they're more important, and they don't have time to listen to you. There are some personality styles who are especially challenged at this and they only want to hear what they have to hear. They don't want to hear all the details. Don't give them all the stuff. Just tell them exactly, kind of stay on track whenever you're talking to them. But listening, that's a skill. And sometimes we have to work at that a little bit. Another thing in marriage that uh, makes us feel respected is tone of voice, how we talk to one another. You know, you never want to be talked down to um, as if you're a kid. I mean, we don't even like to be talked down to at work. Think about it. Have you ever had someone talk down to you? Think about how that made you feel. So when it comes to marriage, we want to make sure that we are talking to one another 
in a respectful, loving, kind, thoughtful voice. And that's easier for some people rather than others. So listening and tone of voice and how you talk to me, it matters. Now, I want you to think about, um, you know, that kind of thing of being able to apologize. I'm sorry. Are you a person who apologizes easily or are you a person who, oh my gosh, it's so hard to say, I'm sorry. I've heard other people go, oh yeah, it's really hard. I, you know, I don't like to say I'm sorry. Well, for me, that's one of my easy things. Thank you. I have plenty of hard things. Um, but to say I'm sorry. So if I know I did something, I want to say I'm sorry because I don't want to hurt the other person. So if saying you're sorry or apologizing is really hard for you, you know, that's something you want to think about and you want to take action on and you want to work on. The second thing is being responsible. So we want to be respectful and we want to be responsible. To be responsible, some people don't even know what that is. Maybe they've never seen a responsible person in their life. Now, that is something we forget to even think about. We don't know anything that we've not seen before. And so if somebody's not witnessed somebody being responsible, they don't know how to be responsible. The code word for prizes today is TOGETHER. So you want to make sure that to be responsible, you want to, number one, you want to learn to keep your word. Learn to keep your word. That means if you tell somebody, then you're going to follow through with it. And it's really self-discipline. So if I tell a child even that I'm going to do something, then I open my mouth, I spoke the words, and now I have to follow through and do that. So be careful to speak slowly, right? Think about it, get your answer, and then, you know, speak. Because when you say, yes, 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 you could do that, or yes, I'll do that, or yes, I'll go to the pumpkin patch with you, or yes, I'll go to that Christmas party with you, then mm, there's no other way around it. You have to go to the Christmas party or you have to go to the pumpkin patch. You always want to keep your word. And sometimes we have to push our own personal self down in order to keep our word because we're tired or we're not in the mood. But to be a responsible person, you must keep your word. Another thing as a responsible person is you want to do your part. You know, there's a lot of work around the house. There's a lot. Uh, it takes a lot to keep a house running. It's just about like a business. You have to keep food in the house. You cook. You got to keep it clean. You got to wash the clothes. The bills have got to be paid. Um, there's the kids' activities. Your work. There's a lot of different things that go into uh, keeping a home and making a home. You know, a house or an apartment is not just. Uh, a house or an apartment. It's a home. And you want to make that the home that you want it to be. So we each have to do our part. Some people are natural servants. That's a, yeah, they're natural servants and they just step in and they do. They're so organized. They've got it together. While others only step in and do when they're in the mood to do something or they feel like doing something or they decided to do something. And so it's important for us all to kind of divvy up all the different uh, uh, 
things that we have to do at our house. We have to divvy it up. You do part, I do part. You do part, I do part. Because if one person's doing it all, they start to resent it. And we all need a break once in a while. And the last part I have today, just a few things on being responsible, is learning to be truthful. There again, if you've never witnessed or been around somebody who is truthful, maybe you were around somebody who told stories all the time. Most of us grow out of that when we're kids, you know, when our moms uh, let us know they always know when we're lying, right? But sometimes people get pushed in a corner or it's just a habit they formed and they never got rid of it as a kid. Be aware. It's important. If you part of responsibility is being truthful. So you want to be truthful. All right. So respectful is listening, using a great tone of voice, uh, being thankful and remembering to apologize when you need to. Being responsible is keeping your word, doing your part and being truthful. Well, I like the last one and it's called fun to be with. Some people are more fun to be with than others. Some people's face will hardly crack a smile. Do you know somebody like that? Are they smiling inside? I always wonder that. Or do they just look on the outside like they feel on the inside? It's important to smile. Do you know that with somebody's face, whenever uh, maybe they're even um, um, frustrated, but whenever somebody makes them smile, it's like everything starts to change. It's important to be fun to be with. Now, this means different things for different people. So what makes you fun to be with? What makes you fun to be with? I wrote down a few things. One might be adventurous. You know, adventure is always doing something new and exploring. Uh, and it might be climbing a mountain or it might be going skiing or just going bowling for the first time. Being adventurous, going to a new restaurant. Okay, how about funny? Some people are funnier than others. Some people are just naturally funny. And let's be real. Laughing is a stress reducer. Laughing reduces stress. Whether you're laughing at little kids instead of getting mad, laughing at little kids, laughing at something stupid that just happened, maybe even laughing over spilt milk. It, it like cuts through the stress and the frustration, right? I remember one time my husband and I were at Disney with all three of our small children. They were probably like seven years old and younger. We had three. So um, we had all three of our kids in five years. So seven and younger, three little kids. You build up Disney to be the most awesome place. And it is fun, right? But about the middle of the afternoon when it's nap time for your children and they don't get their nap time, Everybody starts getting whiny and fussy. And on this day, we were at the President's Hall there at Disney, and we were waiting in a nice, cool room because it was summertime and it was hot outside. And yeah, we were tired. And yes, the children were tired. Well, we were waiting in the hall to go into the President's 
um, I guess it's called the President's Hall at Disney. And um, all three of our little kids, they really were pretty good, you know, pretty good, pretty well behaved. But all of a sudden, they're starting to have that mental breakdown. And as they start having that mental breakdown, they start crying and they're whining and they're fussing. And my husband and I could have gotten like frustrated from that. But instead, we looked at each other and we started laughing. We started laughing because we started to see it comical. It was literally a comical routine that the children were doing. And yeah, they were tired and they just needed their nap. And, you know, it was just kind of funny because we had, you know, you spend so much money going to Disney. It's built up to be the most wonderful thing at all. Yeah, it's going to be the most fun thing you ever do. And now the children are melting down in the middle of the floor, causing a scene and all the people are looking at us. And we just started laughing. A couple of older ladies who are probably my age now came over to us and they said they just laughed with us. And they said, oh, we remember when we remember when, you know, that happened with us and our children, too. So we took it funny. So a sense of humor is very, very helpful. Some people have a dry sense of humor. They like to tell jokes. They say things with a straight face and you're wondering, okay, are they serious or, or are they kidding? I'm not sure. And they have a dry sense of humor. But you know, there's other ways to be fun. And that is that person who is helpful, fun to be with. Somebody who's helpful around the house or helpful getting the car packed for vacation, or helpful cleaning up the dishes at night. Helpful is also fun to be with. And the last one I'm going to share on this is encouraging. You know, learning to be in- encouraging and uplifting. So instead of smashing each other down for what you're not or what you're frustrated with, learning to be encouraging. I don't know about you, but when my husband encourages me and I believe him because he's always really complimentary. So sometimes I'm like, "Mm, is he just being nice or is he really being real with that? (laughs) That was a side note. Okay. So, but being encouraging when we're encouraged or appreciated, it means a lot to us. And I want to lift my spouse. I want to, I want to help. I know as my kids grew up, I wanted to make sure I helped them grow to be confident. I don't want to tear them down. I wanted to lift them up so they could be the best that they could be in the world. Well, today, I hope you'll hit subscribe if this has meant anything to you. And I would love to hear from you, Connie, at TheExtraordinaryMarriage.com. And guess what? This is episode five. And you can find in the show notes, you can find a recipe for a happy, healthy marriage And that's just a 20 minute or a 27 minute video that gives you a few more things that can help you enrich your marriage and make it what you want it to be. But this month of November between um, here and November 30th, if you watch all seven of the debuting podcast for the month of November, 2023, if you email me, Connie at Connie's, uh, Connie's, Connie at The Extraordinary Marriage, There are three ways to win prizes. Number one, the first person to email me will win 
a private one hour of coaching. And I don't mean just chit chat. I mean, you can share with me and I'll give you some direction. One hour of private coaching. That's the very first person who emails me with all of the code words from each of the seven podcasts. And then seven people, this is the second way you can win. Seven people are going to get free my 10 days to a happier, healthier marriage. Each day for 10 days, you get just a little five minute video and it gives you a way to consistently for 10 days, pour into your marriage and make it a little more positive. And then everybody who emails me with all seven code words is gonna go into a drawing for a free course that I have. And it is Discovering Work and Family Dynamics. And it teaches you how to communicate with all the people around you. That's not just with family and not just with your spouse, but it's with your clients and with the people that you work with. All right. So be sure and hit subscribe, The Extraordinary Marriage, so that you don't miss a single podcast. I'll be podcasting every single week on Thursday at nine o'clock. I can't wait to meet you on one of my webinars or in my Facebook group. And my name's Connie, and I thank you today for listening to The Extraordinary Marriage. If you've been encouraged today, please hit subscribe and help me spread the word by sharing with your friends. You'll find show notes and how you can connect with today's guest at theextraordinarymarriage.com. Get ready to uncover the best kept secrets of happy, healthy marriages and gain the power of understanding how you and your spouse think, act, and respond differently. Learn more about the unique communication secrets for marriage at theextraordinarymarriage.com. This is your host, Connie Durham, and I'll see you next week.